Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Libra, so it's picking up speed very slowly. 
uh, Jupiter is in Cancer, Saturn is in Scorpio, and then the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto are Aries, Pisces, and Capricorn. So the big things that jump out at me tonight are the fact that the Sun and Neptune are square. So, you know, if you've been feeling at all a little emotionally confused today or have been dealing with some kind of um, disparity between wanting to keep things light but feeling that things are heavy or vice versa, been wanting to be, you know, involved in more of a heavy conversation but feeling like the... um, you know, that everybody else just wants to be light around you, then then that can be uh, somewhat of an issue. Um, but uh, other than that, the sun's very fast moving and it's already separating away from Neptune. So it's a pretty light kind of energy that I wouldn't take too seriously. Mercury and Venus are, are in a really nice sextile, which is nice. Our ability to express and nurture Mercury and Cancer and our ability to love, our ability to take care of somebody in a tangible way, Venus in Cancer, um, actually very nice, very easy to express our, our love for somebody. You want to give somebody nurture, a foot rub, a back rub. Uh, you want to make them a nice dinner. You want to put their feet up and put their favorite TV show on. You want to turn down the bed for them. You want to fluff the pillow. All of those things would be good ideas for tonight, tomorrow, and the next day as Mercury and Venus are going to be in this really nice sextile. Um, Mercury is next week going to go retrograde, so unfortunately it's not going to be in Cancer for very long. It's going to go back into Gemini for about two and a half weeks. And, um, you know, we're we're just getting this nice little window of Mercury in Cancer. And... Um, we should you know, be able to express our feelings to others and how much we want to take care of them and how much we want to nurture and love them. Mars, a little far outside of the T-square that it was involved in at the end of April um, with Uranus and Pluto, but it will be moving back into that. Right now it's about six degrees away from being in opposition to Uranus. It's this tension in relationships, you know, and as we saw Mars move away, we even saw Vladimir Putin pull away, we even saw a couple of other things kind of pull away, and yet we have the whole energy that's happening in Thailand, and we have, you know, other obviously aggressive and and more difficult things that are still happening in the world with the Uranian-Pluto square. Jupiter and Cancer and Saturn are in a really nice trine. Um, Saturn is at 18 Scorpio. Jupiter is at 20 Cancer. Again, this is our ability to intuitively know what someone else might need um, and the way in which we can best nurture them and take care of them. For those people who have any sort of prominently cancer placed in their chart or water signs, it's a really nice time for us to get in touch with our ability to express love and to sort of drop some of our suspicions and fears about um, loving others and, you know, not having it be received or um, not, not having it reciprocated, both of those things. Uranus and Pluto still in that square, as we know they're going to be all the way through till practically 2016, and even then, they're going to still be within a couple of degrees of each other. So we're, we're, we're past the, uh, the actual square that happened in August, and now we're working on the next 
exact square that will be coming up in the fall. Otherwise, the global energy seems pretty good. And uh, that's your Global Energy Minute. I'm Dr. Craig Martin, and you're listening to the Inside Connection. So um, I wanted to do a show on uh, planetary movement because both Mercury and Venus, you know, are were both at zero degrees. Mer- Venus has moved into one degree now, but they both changed signs kind of recently. And in, you know, thinking about um, the the sun having moved into Gemini and Mercury in, in Cancer and Venus in Taurus, and even the fact that Neptune, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is fairly recently still into um, Pisces. And this is still there, the really like awakening of our um, our truly compassionate nature. You know, by the time Neptune finishes transiting Pisces, <coughs> socially we're going to have a whole new understanding of empathy and um, what it truly means to be able to connect with uh, the uh, the situation of others, whether it's positive or negative. Remember, we're not just connecting with people's pain, we're connecting with people's joy. So I wanted to talk about even the idea of planetary discovery. Certainly the old planet's you know, the ones that we've been able to see for uh, all eternity. This is not about them because they weren't necessarily discovered. They were observed, but, um, you know, they've been seen with the naked eye. So I want to talk about, like, the discovery of Uranus and what it even represented at the time when we when 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 a, when a new energy becomes a part of our consciousness. Before I get into sign change, I want to just even talk about planetary awareness, the idea that you know Uranus was discovered in the very late 1700s, and Uranus heralded in the, um, the idea of the industrial age. Um, Uranus energy is um, more fast-moving, being that it, it rules Aquarius, and um, that there's a speed of communication, a speed of thought. But one of the words we use for Uranian energy is electric. Uranus is electric, you know, meaning that it lights things up, right? It's got a charge to it. And I thought it was very interesting, or I always thought it was very interesting uh, when I was first learning about, you know, the planets, that the battery was discovered within just a couple of years of Uranus being discovered. The idea of um, primitive electricity and our ability to harness that and hold it in that capacity. And then the fact that within even a few years in the 1800s, right after the discovery of uh Right after the discovery of Uranus, we begin having, you know, electricity, the assembly line, the telephone, the telegraph, the automobile, uh, electricity at the home. And as we're really moving into a full-on age of Aquarius, which is the same Aquarian energy, we're getting, you know, the Internet and our ability to communicate globally with the computer, which the Uranus and Aquarius rule the computer, because it's it's a um, 
high-minded conscious vision of humanity being able, being able to communicate with itself. It's a, uh, the Internet and the computer are almost a pure expression of the age of Aquarius. And, um, and wherever you know, the computer now and the Internet take us as far as our ability to remain connected on a globally conscious level, because remember, Aquarius is a very high-minded level of, um, of air. It's social air. So it's our ability to communicate with each other as groups, friends, and communities. The computer certainly has done that, right? In the mid to late 1800s, that was when um, Neptune was discovered, which I think is great, because Neptune rules all kinds of illusions, right? So the things that, that Neptune heralded in were more things like photography, celluloid, motion pictures, uh, an increase actually in, 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 in drugs like Victorian age drugs, opium, and the things that became more globally in fashion, Neptune, our ability to escape, and also our ability to create illusion, our ability to create um, an otherworldly reality. Neptune's responsible for that. And then finally, Pluto, which was, um, which was discovered in 1930, um, brings in the, the beginning of the atomic age, the, the discovery of atomic energy, the, uh, the nuclear bomb, um, and, of course, just, you know, the, the whole idea of uh, fission and fusion energy, uh, the way that chemistry changed at that time for us to become more clear about the workings of the atom and the power that's in the atom. Uh, fascinating that each um, new... Uh, planet even opened us up to a new level of uh, personal uh, humanistic discovery and potential. <clears throat> Likewise, when one of the planets, whether they're inner or outer, goes into another sign, and obviously the inner planets change more frequently, the outer planets less frequently, for those of you who might be interested, Pluto changes sign about maybe every 12 years, Neptune also every 12 years, Uranus about every seven, Saturn about every two, Jupiter about every one year. Jupiter goes into a new sign every one year. It takes it like roughly 12 years to go around the sun. There's 12 signs, so it spends about a year in each sign. And then the inner planets go through the, the signs um, very quickly. Mars, Venus, Mercury, the moon obviously goes through all 12 signs um, every 28 days. And the sun goes through all 12 signs in a year. So the sun spends about one month. So while Pluto and Neptune, which are the furthest out, spend years, 12 or 14 years sometimes, in one sign, the sun goes through every sign each month, and uh, the moon goes through every sign in just a couple of days. Uh, as we get further and further away from the sun, um, the, uh, the the length of time is get it lengthens, right? So um, Venus could be in Taurus for two or three weeks, uh, sometimes a little bit longer. Mars, because it went retrograde in in uh, Libra recently, is spending almost a full seven months in one sign. But normally it would spend about two. <clears throat> 
because it takes like two years to go around the sun, a little bit more than two years. So each time a planet, and obviously it's more auspicious if it's one of the slower moving planets that doesn't change sign, but like every decade, as, but even Saturn and Jupiter bring in the idea of a new year, the idea of a new two years. Saturn changes sign about every two years, two and a half years. It brings in the next epic, the next chapter of our own human development. For instance, we've had a year now of Jupiter and Cancer. Do you hear for this entire year from last summer all the way through to this summer how there could be so many people who are pregnant, you know, so many people who are pregnant, so many people who are having a baby. Jupiter rules, mater- uh, Cancer rules maternity in many ways. So the idea of Jupiter and Cancer, and Jupiter is about the way in which we expand, is certainly going to create a little uh, bump, no pun intended, in the... Um, in the number of babies that are being born. And there are other things that Jupiter and Cancer caused us to have. It's been changing sign roughly in the summer. So let's say from the summer of 2013 to the summer of 2014. Sometimes planetary change is not, you know, doesn't just happen in January. So Jupiter, the Jupiter cycle has roughly been happening during the summer. Uh, and so we're getting about one from one year from summer to summer. Um, but this summer in July, Jupiter is going to go into Leo. And how is that going to impact um, you know, world leaders, because Jupiter rules leadership. Is it going to bring a certain amount of arrogance to certain world leaders, or is it going to bring a certain amount of good leadership quality, or certain listener, uh, certain leaders going to, be, going to be able to come to the table and become better listeners? Uh, Obama is a Leo. How is Jupiter and Leo going to create an expansion of his ability to lead? Is he going to become, you know, is there going to be more hubris? Is he going to be accused of becoming more full of himself? Or is he going to find that he can expand his leadership ability by listening to what it is that, you know, people inside and outside our country are needing from the United States? I felt like his speech at West Point was quite nice, but it definitely had something to do with, um, you know, like the Jupiter and Cancer energy. It was more of a nurturing. So we're going to see as Jupiter moves into Leo a year of greater um, uh, individual-focused center of attention, if you can believe more of that from the United States, since the United States is so hung up on Leo energy. We love celebrity. That's all ruled by Leo, and we're going to have Jupiter going into Leo. So there's going to be even more, almost like an excessive focus on celebrity and celebrity-driven news and things like that. But Leo is also an amazing creative energy, and so Jupiter in Leo is going to bring us more into a time of a creative essence. The Mercury moving into Cancer and Venus moving into Taurus, this is more temporary, but I feel at the same time it's an opportunity to see how our forward movement is always guided by each each planet moving into the next sign, even the sun, even the moon, obviously, but that's very quick. But even the sun, we're in Gemini right now, and it represents a time or an opportunity for us to um, really 
um, connect with the way in which we want to communicate with people and what it is that we want to learn. It becomes a time of learning, a time of um, collecting our thoughts, as opposed to moving into a time of nurturing, which is when the summer begins, which is the time of, of cancer. So each planet moving, Saturn in Scorpio right now, I think it's really been a time of clearing house. What are the things that we need to um, uh, become more conscious of letting go of? What is it that we need to become more conscious of letting go of or allowing to pass? Is there, is, are there things in our life that are no longer serving us that Saturn in Scorpio can allow us to clear out of our lives? Uranus in Aries, it's been there for a few years now, but how have we been able to embrace our individuality as the facilitator of the change that we need in our lives? How have we globally been able to allow the individuals and individual human beings? Like, we, you know, it's amazing how quickly, globally, we can focus on one human being. We've never been so collectively capable of focusing on, you know, the ferry owning company guy of a Korean of a Korean ferry company or um the mayor of New Jersey or an NSA whistleblower or you know um just the way in which an individual uh and in our country it could be like a YouTube star you know, becomes the focus of individual attention and in what way, what are we trying to say to each other by pushing those people out into the limelight? What are we trying to say to each other now that we have this Uranian capacity to communicate the way we do? How is How can each individual help us to grow by the time that we spend focused on them? And it doesn't matter really whether it's a celebrity or or you know, just some person who's done something that now all of a sudden the media is fixated on or focused on and all of our attention is drawn to that thing, that individual, Aries, is still working on creating some change for us. And in the background are Neptune and Pluto. And uh, Neptune more recently having moved into Pisces, and you see clearly the changes that are going on in um, in entertainment and the things that they're working on in virtual reality and um, also the, you know, the, the sort of almost very quick and sweeping changes that are coming with uh, like marijuana legislation and things like that in the United States. That's all part of a Neptune and Pisces movement because Pisces, while it's very exalted and, and the, the main idea here is to be able to connect with each other on a compassionate level, Pisces also has a lot of escapism, and the shadow side of that would be that, you know, human beings are looking for a way to escape from the heavier emotional experiences that we're having. I think also there's going to be a strong Neptune and Pisces movement towards, you're going to see like a, almost like a spiritual renaissance in things like fasting, which is not designed to remove us from our emotional experience, but in a, but, but, um, 
but an experience is supposed to get us in touch with our emotional experience. So things like fasting or vision questing, things where people are going to be going on retreats, retreat centers, and things like that where people can, you know, collectively experience. There's going to be, I think, an even more public renaissance of groups like AA. That's going to become a lot more even mainstream and um, and sort of current people. It's going to be not as taboo necessarily to be in recovery, but it's almost going to be uh, more of something that's going to be encouraged by the generation that's coming up. So Neptune and Pisces, while it's going to bring some escapist things to us, it's also going to bring a strong renaissance in, in connecting with our, our our deeper connection to others. And Pluto usually creates some kind of breakdown in the sign that it's in. When it was in Sagittarius, there was an awfully big breakdown in religious structure. Um, like for the Catholic Church, that was when all the scandals came out about um, the Catholic Church and the priests, and um, that was Pluto in Sagittarius. So it was sort of breaking down the structure of religious entities or religious belief. And now Pluto is in Capricorn, and it looks like we're going to be going through some years where we're going to have to work on breaking down governmental or corporate power. Um, because Capricorn can certainly be representative of corporations. And so um, one of the main clashes, obviously, between Uranus and Pluto is between the individuals and oppressive uh, regimes, you know. But that could, in the end, be represented by, you know, things like the corporate entities that have taken over the United States. So, not to go too political, I try not to be too political, but... Astrology does reflect the politics of our time because the politics of our time reflects the forward movement of where we're at and what it is that we're, you know, moving towards. So um, I wanted to just stress that we're in a continuum. We're in a continuum that's guided by um, astrological uh, aspects the way in which planets are making aspect to one another. Uranus and Pluto haven't changed sign, but while they've been in uh, Aries and Capricorn, they've made a square. That's one of the things that guides our progress. Retrogrades are important because they represent forward movement and then movement backwards so that we can collectively review the direction that we've been going. And then another really important thing for us to notice and become, you know, connected to is the signs that each planet are in and being able to embrace the change of those signs as they come to us so that we can best learn how to use those energies so that we can grow in the way that we are destined to, that we want to, that we've aligned with, all of those beautiful things. So um, I'm Dr. Craig Martin. Thanks for checking in with the Inside Connection. I am happy to have you here and happy to be talking with you. I will be here next Thursday and hope you have a lovely, lovely week.
With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.